Good morning, everybody. And good morning to everybody watching online as well. I have a couple of quick announcements for you. I want to let you know our ice cream social on Wednesday was awesome. It was a blast. Everybody had a great time. And uh, there was kids and everybody running around the playground. It was awesome. It was awesome. So um, that was really great. Wednesday nights are back. Uh, this Wednesday night is barbecue with sides, desserts. So that's before our Bible studies on Wednesday night, and you just RSVP in the church office, and you have a Wednesday night meal. Um, the kids are back. UMYF is back. Pastor Sam's class is back. It's amazing. Harriet Murray has a class not starting this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday will be back. And it's like a competition class with Pastor Sam's. It's like, no, it's really not. But she'll be doing an Adam Hamilton study, so uh, you'll want to check that out. The lunch brunch. Where's Jay? The lunch brunch is today? Today, sir. So after this service, you can go to Sunday school or you can go home and take a nap, but you have to be at 1230. 1230, Harp and Clover. Harp and Clover. It's going to be awesome. That's the lunch brunch. That's for uh, young families to go and enjoy uh, and young people to go enjoy lunch together, but they've said young at heart, so everybody here is welcome to go to the Harp and Clover at 1230. Um, tonight's Pathways meeting with Reverend Monica is canceled. Reverend Monica is uh, sick and unable to make it tonight. So um, August 28th, we'll have uh, Dee Dowdy and Tammy Jackson here for that Pathways meeting. But again, tonight there's no activities. And my last announcement is Men at the Well is a really awesome men's Bible study. They meet, listen how early, 7 a.m. on Thursday mornings. Eric Wright is back there in the sound booth and he goes to that. 7 a.m. on Thursdays, Men at the Well. You should check it out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and worship with us? Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful when your streams of abundance flow blessed be your name blessed be your name when i'm found in the desert place though i walk through the wilderness blessed be your name Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. Though the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be the Blessing you pour out 
Sunday morning to all of
sound good. Y'all can be seated. Um, this time our, our kids are going to go to children's church. I think Miss Claire is going, or Miss Hedgepath as she goes by at school. Yeah. All right. The rest of us are going to stay in big church. Is that okay with y'all? We're going to stay in big church. Okay. Um, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank our, our folks that are worshiping with us by live stream. Hello to you. Put a comment in the section. Let us know uh, that you're there. Let us know where you're worshiping from today, and, and we're glad to be with you. Uh, we thank you for your support. We thank you for the way that you, you get behind the ministries of this church because there's some great stuff that goes on here, and, and, and thank you for supporting one another. Um, we, we've kind of had, uh, we've had a couple of deep... Um, hurts in our congregation losses and thank you for the way you've rallied around the Yarnell family and Miss Winnie Mae Beasley's family uh, continue to lift one another up in prayer if you have uh, prayer requests we want to know about those if you have praise reports we want to know about those and if you just need to talk just come and talk to us um, I want to um, remind you Pastor Andy announced uh, earlier but sometimes people are kind of late come coming into focus <laughs> but the speaker that we were going to have tonight uh, Reverend Monica Harbarger is not going to be with us um, she and her husband uh, moved their daughter back to college as a lot of folks did and then her daughter came back home this weekend with COVID so uh, she and she she texted me this morning and just said she's feeling bad and she doesn't know for sure she has it, but she doesn't want to leave her daughter either. So I said, we totally understand. There's not a family in this church that hasn't been touched by that. So take care of yourself, and we'll get you to come at a later time and preach. Um, so we are going to, we're going to continue on. Our, our next opportunity will be next Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And it will be um, Reverend D. Dowdy from Rainbow City and Reverend Tammy Jackson from Anson First. And they will be talking and um, sharing from their heart. It's not a debate. They're just sharing from their heart. Here's, here's where I am and here's how I reached that. And then we'll have one person will go 30 minutes. We'll have a uh, time of question and answer. And then we'll have a, a little break. And then the other person will go. And then we will repeat that two more times. Um, 
we're going to make sure that by the time we actually get to the end of this, y'all are just tired of it. You've, you've had so, so many chances to hear. Um, I, tired of it is the wrong way to put it. Um, plenty of opportunities to hear everything and to ask all your questions. But I think what Monica was going to say to you tonight, I'll just say to you as Pastor Sam, okay? Even though you might speak with the tongues of men and of angels, if you don't have love at the end of this, you're a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Um, and at the end of all this, we got to love one another, right? At the end of all this, we got to be grown-ups and be Christian and be each other's neighbors. So we'll remember that. Um, let's pray. Lord, thank you for blessing us with this opportunity to come and worship. Thank you for blessing us with an opportunity to give our, our time and our talents and our tithes and offerings. Thank you for the excellent ministries that go on at this church and for the excellent leadership that our lay leaders give. And, and thank you for this wonderful staff that I get a chance to work with every day. And we pray that you would lead us and pray that you would cover us in your love and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Y'all, excuse me for just a minute. I've got to uh, add that song there to the list of my favorites that our praise band does. Just a <laughs> that was so good, so powerful. Whew, I need a minute to catch my breath after that. Thank you so much, guys. Um, we've done ready and we've done set, and now we're ready to go. Right? We're ready to to jump off of that starting block and. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verses 6 through 11 will be our scripture today. You're invited to follow along. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and the cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus... Who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Something that y'all may have figured out by now is that um, one of my favorite things to do is, is to watch silly movies. And I have my favorite movies, and I've watched them so many times that I quote their lines from time to time. And that's kind of our family thing. Um, and one, one of my favorite movies is The Princess Bride. Anybody else like The Princess Bride? Oh, good. I'm not, I'm not alone in that. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the movie. 
One of my favorite uh, characters in the movie is a Spaniard by the name of Inigo Montoya. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, my, my oldest daughter has a t-shirt with that on there. Um, but before Inigo becomes uh, one of the heroes of the movie, he's actually one of the villains of the movie. He is part of a crew that his, of, I guess, mercenaries that has been hired by this, this little annoying Sicilian guy uh, named Vizzini. And that he's hired, along with Andre the Giant, Vezik, to, cap, uh, to capture and to kidnap Princess Buttercup. Some of y'all are rolling your eyes at me right now, but, but really, it's really a good movie. Vizzini, one of the things that makes him so annoying is that he keeps using this word inconceivable over and over again. Everything that happens, he's like inconceivable, except he's got a speech issue, okay? And it comes out inconceivable like that. So, um, and he does that over and over and over again, and it annoys everybody. And finally, Inigo Montoya looks at him and says, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. That's what I think that Jesus was trying to say to his disciples when they asked him that silly question. Jesus, is now the time you're going to establish your kingdom in Israel? And I think maybe Jesus would say, kingdom, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Um, see, kingdom was a very important word in Jesus' teaching. He, he used it all the time. If you just walk through the Gospel of Matthew, for instance, it, it begins with Jesus' first sermon. He says it was kind of a short and sweet sermon. And you say, take notes, Pastor Sam. I will. Um, but it was, here's his first sermon. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. So he went everywhere, Matthew 4 says, proclaiming the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Nine times in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses the kingdom. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God can be compared to this. In Matthew chapter 16, after Simon Peter's great confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And it's just kingdom this and kingdom that. In the Gospel of Luke, kingdom is used over 30 times. And in Acts chapter 1, right before the passage I just read for you, it said that for 40 days after the resurrection, Jesus taught them about the kingdom. So pretty much Jesus' message and pretty much his whole life was focused about around the kingdom of God. And that's why it's just inconceivable that his disciples would say, Hey, you're going to establish that kingdom now, Lord? They were talking about a, a political and physical and military kind of kingdom where where God's chosen people, Israel, would rule the land and Jesus would sit on a throne as the king. That's what they meant by kingdom. 
but I don't think it means what they think it means. You see, the best way that we can understand what Jesus means by kingdom is to look at the prayer that Jesus taught us, the Lord's Prayer. That little line in there is a two-sentence line, and I'll bet you could say it with me. As I start to say it, you kind of say it with me. It's the kingdom line. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, it's two sentences, but they go together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The second one explains what is meant by the first one. The kingdom of God, the reign of God on this earth is anywhere that God's will is done as perfectly on earth as it is in heaven. Now, it's a kingdom that doesn't have geographical boundaries, does it? It starts in the human heart where God's will needs to be done in our hearts just like it is done in heaven. God's kingdom has nothing to do with chariots and soldiers and political power. It's the force of God's love that compels ordinary people to do things that they ordinarily wouldn't be able to do. So if Jesus is not going to establish a political kingdom and kick the Roman Empire out of Palestine, then what is he going to do? He's going to ascend back into heaven and leave the kingdom work to this ragtag group of people. Amazing. He's going to return to the Father. He's given two last words of instruction, and then he's going to ascend. So here's his instructions to them. The first one is, is just kind of a reminder. It's not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. It's not for you to know because that part of God's plan is kind of fenced off from human understanding. We don't know and we can't know. Uh, the kingdom of God is, is just something a little bit complicated because it's here already, you know. Wherever you see God's will being done like it would be if we were in heaven, then kingdom work is being done. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, with preaching and, and all of that other stuff. It's anywhere where something doesn't look like heaven and somebody's trying to make it look a little bit more like heaven. That's kingdom work. It's already done in our hearts when we try to line our hearts up with what God's will is instead of trying to make God's will look like what we want in our hearts. That's kingdom work. That's kingdom stuff. It's good. But the kingdom is already here, but it's not yet here, right? Because God's will is not being done perfectly on this earth as it is in heaven. Is it? I didn't watch the news this morning, but I don't think it is. But one day... That's our confession of faith, right? One day, one day it will. I read Revelation 21 and I, I see the, the vision of John where a new heaven and a new earth and the first heaven and the first earth is passed away and the holy city descends from heaven and God prepares this place uh, on this, this newly uh, refurbished earth that is what God had in mind in the very beginning and God dwells with us, and we dwell with God, and God wipes away every tear from our eyes, and death will be no more, and mourning and crying, when pain will be no more, 
and all of that stuff that was not God's will will have passed away. But that's not here yet, you see. But someday, but someday. So we don't have access to God's timetable on this. It's not for us to know. In the meantime, in the meantime, we live in the tension between what's already here and what's not yet here because kingdom work does happen every day. Don't get so cynical, brothers and sisters, that you think that kingdom work is not being done every single day. It is. Okay, that's the first thing that Jesus tells them. The second thing, uh, he tells them how. How it's even going to be possible for them to do what he wants them to do. And that's Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. It's like he's answering the question that they had to have been having in their heart when he gave them the Great Commission. You know the Great Commission about going into all the world, making disciples, and baptizing people, and teaching them, and all of that. Going into all the, go into all the world? Are you kidding me? Make disciples of all nations? Seriously, Jesus? I mean, we can't even get along with each other. How are we going to do that? Well, here's what Jesus said. He says, you're going to receive power. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power is something cool to talk about. It's, it's a cool word in, in the original Greek. It's, it's a word that the root of that word is the word we get, we get the word dynamite from in English. Uh, and dynamite is so powerful and it's like you know, youth group, do not listen to Pastor Andy. wants to give you a stick of dynamite just for fun. Fireworks are okay, but dynamite is just, I mean, it, one stick of dynamite can just, like, split a ton of rocks. You just, if you go over Red Mountain in Birmingham, you see where they drill down those holes and drop the dynamite and blew up the mountain. That's pretty impressive, but if you look at the word again, the, the root of it is the word dunamis. The root duna means being capable. Now that's what I think the power applies to us. I'm not able to do that, Jesus. I, I, can't, I can't do that. And Jesus says, yes, you can because I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power that makes you able to do what you didn't think you could do. I don't think I can forgive them, Jesus. Yes, you can, because the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do that. You want me to be a witness? I don't think I can do that. Yes, you can. You will be a witness. You'll be a witness because the power of the Holy Spirit will make you able. Now, witness is another one of those annoying Sicilian Vizzini words because Sometimes I don't think it means what we think it means. We might think it means standing on the corner and holding up a sign and yelling at the cars going by. That's being a witness. Well, yeah, it's being a witness, but maybe not the kind that we would want. It doesn't exactly make me want to screech the brakes and get out and fall on my knees. Being a witness is every day of our lives. 
every day of our lives. It, look, I'm not a lawyer, but I've watched Law and Order and NCIS enough to know this. In order to really be a witness, you, you have to have firsthand knowledge of something or a firsthand experience of something. Every day of our lives, we show whether or not we have been with Jesus. Whether or not we have personal knowledge and firsthand experience with Jesus. Church, what we're going through now with all of this discernment and prayer and, and speakers and deciding and voting and all, what we're going through now is a witness to our community about how close we are with Jesus Christ or a witness to the opposite of that. We're a witness either way. And you say, well, I don't know if I can... Look, I'm not a good public speaker. I'm not good at sharing my... I'm not good at doing all of that. I can. Jesus said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power that makes you able. It makes you able to just, by the way you live, show somebody the love, mercy, and grace of Christ. There's a book and, um, that I've used to, to teach a, um, a class before called The Disciples' Path. And there's a story in that, in that book and those lessons that it, it will stick with me forever. It's a story of, of a guy named Larry. Uh, he's an attorney. Larry grew up in church, but then as he got older, he just pretty much forgot about the church, went his own way. Got busy, college, law school, career. Um, and he worked at a large law firm, and he didn't really think much about God until he got diagnosed with cancer. And then it was like, whoa, I think I might need to talk to God now. But he didn't really know how. He, he, he had a kind of a kernel of the Christian faith in his life, but for the last 30 years, he hadn't thought about it much. And, but his diagnosis changed everything. And he began thinking about, okay, well, who do I know that I could talk to? And there was this other lawyer that worked in the office with him. And she really lived out her faith, not in an obnoxious way, not in one of those grab you by the lapels, let me tell you about Jesus ways, but just quietly and consistently and quietly and consistently. She would leave the office sometimes a little bit early to participate in disciple Bible study at her church. And she was just, she just kind of walked the walk, you know. And so Larry said, you know, maybe I'll try her church. And so he did. And, you know, long story short, Larry ended up giving his life to Christ and becoming a part of that church. And it was that church, y'all, that surrounded him and, and walked with him through their love and their prayers and their friendship, even all through his, his surgery and through his chemo treatments. And, and through all of that, they were his family. They surrounded him. Now Larry leads men's Bible study at that church. But back up to the day that Larry first got his diagnosis of cancer. 
back up to the day that he was really, really seeking and struggling and looking for God. It was the witness. It was the witness of his co-worker that pointed him toward Christ. And here's the thing. She didn't even know she was doing it. She had no idea that the life she was living was being noticed. But it was. And that's what Jesus said it would be like for all of us. That's what go, take the good news, means. But I'm not able to do Yes, you are. The Holy Spirit comes and says, I will make you able. I will make you. We are able because he has called us able to do it. So get ready, get set. Now let's go. Do kingdom work. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, um, thank you for making us able by the power of your Holy Spirit to do the things that uh, we ordinarily wouldn't even think to try. Uh, God, we, we are surprised sometimes by the fact that when we get there, we find that you've given us what we needed. You've given us the grace that we needed for that moment. So God, help us to expect great things for you, uh, of you, Lord, and to attempt great things for you knowing that you will make us able to go and to do your kingdom work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
And now the Lord says, go, starting where you are and then rippling out like the ripples on a pond when a rock is dropped in. Go and be witnesses where you are and to your neighbor, to your friends, to strangers. Be the witness that Jesus gives love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen.